What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Cork Stats for this Taco Tuesday, powered by the Mayo Media Net and presented by Jock Market. Download the Daily Fantasy app for free. Use the promo code MMN. They're going to match the first 100 bucks for free. And that 100 bucks has been more than enough to do some damage. You've seen us do it every single day up in the jock market. Welcome back, everybody. Here we go. It is all the nuance and context you can stomach. And the fastest show in MLB absolutely anywhere with your host, the big dude with the big mouth from the Big Apple, Big Johnny Stud, coming to you worldwide from Brooklyn, New York, as always, coming out the gym. As always, man, it don't matter. You can't stop this. You can't fake this kind of funk. And I really, really appreciate the feedback, the interaction, the community that's being built right now. It is just ridiculous, man. All day, all night, people reaching out, getting with each other. Man, just the questions that are getting asked, that's what this is all about. Having your head on the swivel and staying on the tip of the spear if you want to get paid in this ever-changing baseball market. Please rate, review, and subscribe. The audio-only pod, those numbers are climbing up. Same for the YouTube numbers. Man, we're doing something right. People are picking up what we're putting down. Press that cartoon thumb button because for some reason in this world, that seems to matter. Let's dive on into the three pillars of profit. We're bringing to you 115 EV off the crack of the bat every single day regardless of the outcome and they have not been great though yesterday was pretty flat I think across the board I basically broke even in jock market and we were basically flat or just below flat in betting of course Seager didn't get it done everyone else on the stack attack board did get it done but you're seeing if you're following the Patreon page I know Patreon gives people the heebie-jeebies but you don't have to pay it's free it's just a great platform and if you do appreciate it make sure you tag and Patty Mayo up in the comments let me know how we're doing because again lineups and weather pitching changes you, you gotta really stay on top of it and I know the people that have have benefited so without any further ado do let's dive up into the stack attacks for today on this lovely Tuesday yes I love it you know it's going to be a good day when we're backing the buckos love the black and yellow so give us everybody against Patrick Corbin it's been a real disaster for him 6-6 ERA a 1-8 whip 9-10 OPS on the year all of our attack metrics firmly in place the K minus walk right at 10 exactly where we want to look you want to look for a pitcher that has a K minus walk that's either at 10 or below, paired with a greater than 90% or more in zone contact rate, which is exactly what we get from Corbin. He's not fooling anyone anymore. Then a little bit of bad math once they do strike the ball 44% hard hit, 11% barrel equals nearly two home runs per nine. But it's been a little bit worse than that, right? Not all batted balls are created equal. You don't necessarily need a home run to do damage. Corbin has allowed a plus 400 X Woba year to date, man. That's exactly. Exactly how you get yourself in trouble. The fastball, the sinker, the changeup, they combine for more than 80% of the arsenal, and each of those has a plus 600 X slug year to date. I mean, when you're getting into the granular stuff and narrowing down individual pitches that have a plus 600 X slug, that's what you're looking for, in particular when they're being featured. We're talking about 80% of the arsenal, and that's why he's been in the kind of trouble he's been in. Really, no shocks there. So we want to look for Michael Chavis. Anytime lefties are. Uh, on the bump, he's been excellent against South Boys this year. 87 plate appearances year to date. A 300 batting average, 240 ISO. Remember, as we kind of get into different formats and become more of this kind of ubiquitous, universal baseball coverage, 
ISO really is at the fore of total base props, right? Because it's an extra base hit percentage. It's not necessarily enough to pay the bills in jock market. Now, I think Chavis is good for jock market. Anybody that's on the stack attack is going to be good for 550. I know people ask me all the time, but you got to be following. You have to follow the show. You got to follow on Twitter at MLB Moving Averages at MLB Moving AVG on the Bird app, yo. If you really want to stay on top of it, because we're at the point in betting, sports betting, daily, and the application of it where you have to be sharp. Now, granted, you can have kind of blanket parameters early in the day, and that might benefit you, but you're really going to have to be sharp and know when to apply what and where. So, yes, I love Chavis, and we're going to love him for DFS because he's going to be cheap. But in jock market, we have to understand, if he goes over like 550, especially depending on his lineup placement, remember, you get a half point for lineup placement. Now, lineup placement is also at the fore of total base props because you're focusing on an individual hitter that can only do damage when they're at the plate. So, again, something like DraftKings, it matters a little bit less because a cheap player really helps to backfill and that creates a butterfly effect across the lineup where in total base props is very isolated and that doesn't matter. So, okay, so again, Nuance, context, just pouring out of our nose, pouring out of our ears. Back to Michael Chavis, 882 OPS on the year against lefties, 52% hard hit rate, and five home runs. Love that. And Bleague Madris, one of the cooler names, forget in MLB right now, possibly ever, has been awesome in the minor leagues. The Pirates are pushing their youngsters up to the front. He's been excellent so far since he's called up. 29 plate appearances year to date, a 345 BA, 931 OPS, and he has smoked lefties, nearly 400 batting average 33% barrel 66% hard hit rate so it's not just outputs we're getting some inputs there gotta love that matchup for both Madrice and Chavis all right I told you yes I was working on the cough button and didn't work watch this I'm going to check this one out all right well if you didn't just hear me gargling like a slob then it worked and if you did i'm very very sorry i'm gonna try again tomorrow man i know i know i used to be an avid consumer of content and you know people that know me know i'm obsessed with my family when i'm not working but you know if i got young kids and here's a tip for everybody if your kids are making you watch blues clues all day team umizumi or any of these other kind of shows i always recommend the educational ones Stick an earbud in your ear, and you could still be interactive while you're maybe learning something. But anyway, as a content creator, I know the things that bother me, and I used to hate gargling and drinking and chewing and sneezing and ums and awes and deep breaths and stuff. So those are all the things I really try and work on. Again, the lesson here, the feather in the cap early on today is, regardless of whether we're talking about putting on a live show, betting baseball, playing with our kids, or anything else, I think really the lesson is, I don't believe that you stay the same ever. I believe you either get better or get worse. And if you think you're staying the same, most likely you're marginally getting worse. And if you continue to allow that theoretical lateral movement while you're actually moving down slightly, you're going to be getting a lot worse at everything. So, boom, there's our lesson for the day. Let's get back into the stacks. It's Braxton Garrett pitching for the Miami Marlins up against the Cardinals. We know they eat left-handed pitching for breakfast. Garrett, 18 innings on the year, but it's been a mixed bag. Four ERA, one seven whip, eight ten OPS, real rough. 29 CSW is really good, paired with a 40% O-swing. So there is some swing and miss in Garrett's game, but the challenges to the inside let's call them right so i don't want to say he can't that he can't challenge but 
when hitters are not biting and he's forced inside, the in-zone contact rate is up above 94. So that's a that's a very weird and disparate coupling of statistics, and we're going to have to see where they go, right? 40 O-swing, 94 Z-con really don't match because 40% O-swing is awesome, means you're very deceptive. 94% in-zone contact rate means you're not. But the balls hit in the zone are being paired with a 45% hard hit rate via stat cast. That's a raw 95-mile-an-hour metric, and that's led to a better than 375 expected WOBA year-to-date in particular against the major split of hitters. He's a better than 900 OPS to righties on the year, which is going to get you in trouble. He's only gone five innings, one of four times. He's struggling to locate that sinker and change up to righties. Each of those have that 600 X slug, really that parameter, that benchmark that we're looking for to attack, right? I call them attack metrics. So we're looking at, no, of course, first of all, I should preface this with, it goes with Goldschmidt, Paul Goldschmidt, but he's uber chalk, he's super expensive and very hard to get paid on with leverage. Here's our second tip with jack market. Remember, we always want to be looking for the cheapest players. And I know that kind of sounds intuitive, but it's not so much in DraftKings or FanDuel where everybody dogpiles on the cheap player and it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to profit. In jock market, any player that's cheap, it means there was low demand. So production from that spot is inherent leverage and the reason we've done so well. So as we become more popular and our picks are getting out there and becoming more popular, we are like spiting ourselves really, but such is life. We have to be reticent of that. We have to be weary of, of this cognizant of these price moves. And now, like, I'm kind of lowering. I know I've always said 666. And for really great players in really great spots, I think it matters. But we really want to be focusing on the 525 and below because it just happens. Really good hitters come in at that. And that's how you're going to get paid. So we're going to be looking at Arenado because, of course, Goldschmidt is breaking the slate every day. Let's fade him. Hopefully, he'll just walk a few times, right? So that's possible. People forget about the variance in baseball. Arenado versus lefties year-to-date 950 OPS, 37% ISO. So right off the bat, ring a ling a ling a ling ling for the total base props. When you have a 37% ISO, when you're looking for three at-bats in those first five innings, we're hoping one of those will be an extra base hit. 17% barrel paired with a 48% hard hit rate and five Ramalama ding-dongs versus lefties this year. We're also looking at Dylan Carlson, who's been coming on hot, but he's always hit lefties well. 333 BA on the year, 950 OPS. I think he hit a ding-dong yesterday Love to get behind these young guys post-hype when they're getting up off the mat. So look for Arenado with the bomb symbol. He's going yard today plus Dylan Carlson. And then last but not least, we're looking for White Sox lefties against Chase Silseth. Now the White Sox are really a very heavy white-handed, right-handed team. And I'll be, they're not white-handed, they're white-socked and right-handed. All right, so bad jokes aside... Um, I know we have sheets queued up. You'll see them up on the sheet already for the audio-only listeners. But other than that, the left-handed the, um, left situation for the White Sox is a bit messy. But let's take a look at Chase Silseth. 5 ERA, 1-5 whip, 8.90 OPS on the year. And that was after the first time out. He went six innings, gave up no earned runs, and we were thought like he might be something. And since then, it's a 7-8-4 ERA, better than 2 whip, 3.5 home runs per 9 since. Lefties year-to-date have a 5.50 Woba and 1.400 OPS and all four home runs he's allowed. So, of course, we're circling all Chicago White Sox lefties. 
including Gavin Sheets in particular, since he got promoted again on late June. So again, it's a very small set, but he's been awesome. Seven for his last 18, two doubles and a ding-dong, his last 36 plate appearances. This kind of spans past the demotion, which I'm not a huge fan of, but they are statistics. Last 36 plate appearances against righties, 306 BA, 44 hard hit, 860 OPS. So everything kind of in line for Gavin Sheets to do some work. Um, anyone that's been following, DraftKings is currently down. So we're having some problems with some of these numbers. Sometimes I throw in the total base props, pricing, but we don't have that as of yet. All right, let's get into the uh, second pillar of profit. Now that we have our stacks into the fantasy, and we go. Alrighty, righty do For the audio-only listeners, I'll walk you through it. As you know, I'd like to be very regimented in my approach. We've done very well with this Tuesday and Wednesday. We mine the advanced statistical leaderboard, starters and hitters, to apply them on Thursday, right? Tuesday and Wednesday, hitters and pitchers. Thursday, we're going to give you an ad at every position for 10, 12, and 15-team leagues, all of which I play in. I actually don't play in 10-team leagues, but those are the easiest to compensate for. And then Friday, we did the bullpen deep dive. And already, I think we had our first hit, so we'll probably do that. Monday was news and notes, although I'll see I'm okay with ditching that for something better. If you have any ideas, please get at the big dude. All right, these are starters that have at least four starts in the last 30 days. We're going to be looking at notable names, Interesting names inside the top 60 of swinging strike rate and then inside the top 45 of barrel allowed. If you'll notice, the stats are a little bit different because I did not get my own updates and they're six days old. So, of course, if your updates are six days old, you missed a spot in the pitching rotation and that's just not going to work. So, half tip to my boy John Anderson. He's at Rotoballer and a few other places. Follow him on Twitter. Man, his fantasy baseball tool he's created on Tableau is excellent if you're patient and don't mind learning how to use it briefly. It is fantastic. So this is a hat tip to him. We're using his stuff. So big thank you to you, Johnny. All right, inside the top 60 of swing strike rate at the top, Yusei Kikuchi, Blake Snell, Daniel Lynch, Jose Quintana, Jeffrey Springs, Braxton Garrett, David Peterson, Connor Pilkington, George Kirby, and JT Brubaker. All of these players have at least 11.7, let's call it 12% swinging strike rate. Now, these are players that are interesting. The first, for a few guys I need, we're holding our nose. But generally, when you're seeing a swinging strike rate very elevated, it's interesting. Uh, Fantasy in particular, DFS in particular, where you're rewarded for strikeouts. We want to highlight the guys being able to get it. Maybe we're just a control command issue away from being viable so gotta highlight Kikuchi I know some people have wholly discarded him I don't know if I'm necessarily adding him yet but I am keeping an eye on him again the division is so tough it's gonna be hard to find out who the real Kikuchi is same for Blake Snell I'm more into Blake Snell than I am Kikuchi because of the division I think you should be adding Blake Snell low right now he was slow out of the box a lot of the underlying stuff is excellent I think Blake Snell could give us a second half like we saw him be kind of a league winner Jose Quintana is really interesting because we don't necessarily think of him getting swings and misses we think of him this year he's been very good as far as command goes but if he's gonna be getting swings and misses he's not garbage Quintana is viable. Jeffrey Springs, who we've mentioned as an ad, he's one of our gold stars this year. We added him everywhere early on. Then to David Peterson, who with McGill out for a long time, his future is going to be questionable, so it's not an ad yet. To Pilkington, who's starting today, I think we want to see what we get. Kirby, again, who we thought would be excellent, came 
into the bigs, and it's been disappointing as far as strikeouts, but it's hard to just peg this guy needing him to be a trend star right off the bat. So keep an eye on Kirby, another guy we might want to add now before it's too late. And Brubaker, again, we were on Brubaker for a while. He's been excellent the past couple starts. People just very easy to get rid of Pittsburgh. Notice Quintana. Notice Brubaker. Keller's been okay, so is Ryan Contreras. What does that mean? Pittsburgh pitching is not bad. I know everybody just wants to say everything Pittsburgh stinks. Everything Pittsburgh does not stink. Okay, so let's get over to the contact allowed barrel percentages there. Again, I'll just read it off so I don't forget anybody because I do have a tendency to ramble. Surprise, surprise. I talk too much. It's Andre Palante for the Cardinals with a sub 3% barrel rate. Excellent. Chris Boobich. Yesterday again, we went after him. Keeping that barrel rate down. That matters. He's been a bit of a gas can. I think there is potential. I've had a beef with the Kansas City pitching organization. So where we we like to identify organizations that are doing well, like Tampa always used to be Cleveland, and now Pittsburgh has been very good. Kansas City, even when you get a sniff of something, more it's easy for me to be like, I really want to see it maybe more than once. To Dakota Hudson, we know limits contact, but I just can't get behind him because there's been too many walks. We'll get to that in a minute. David Peterson, who I like now, if a guy is on the swing and strike and barrel lists, it's a pretty good combination. Generally, somebody we would circle to add, but with Max coming back, I don't know how the role will be, but keep your eye on David Peterson. To Justin Steele, who's been very good for the Cubs. Tyler Wells has been very good for the Orioles. Graham Ashcraft, who we have circled. I know we got blown up a couple starts ago, and everyone dropped him. I rolled him out again. He went eight innings and gave up no earned runs, a one earned run. So get with Ashcraft. I like him. He's going to be tough to start in Cincinnati, but if you're desperate for starters and you see him on a waiver, you can definitely start him on the road. Followed up with Josh Winkowski and Jason Alexander, both limiting contact. In tough environments, but both could be viable starters on the road. Josh Winkowski is Boston. Jason Alexander is Milwaukee. So there's just some interesting names. Pitching is very, very tough this year. And anybody could give you the top guys that's where you strike. Guess what, everybody? Corbin Burns is awesome. Yo, go pick up Corbin Burns. That's, it's ridiculous. It's a waste of my time and a waste of yours. So even if all of these fruits might not have juice inside of them, right? Some might be spoiled or rotten. Some of them are going to be sweet, juicy, and delicious. And at this point in the year, finding the delicious pitching fruit is what it's all about. All right, let's get into the third pillar of profit before we get out of here. All righty. We got some bets up on the board. Oh, my God. I just, I'm thinking about betting right now. I'm puke. So bad. So bad. I had two bets yesterday. I eliminated one because I thought it was silly. Right, the model was screaming over Pittsburgh, Washington. Of course, we had a million base runners. Washington had a million runners in scoring position, and we didn't get it. It's just been the story of this year. And then I had Baltimore F5 because of Kirby uh, struggles against right-handed hitters. If you're scoffing, you don't believe me. I did have Mancini, right? So Mancini was a nice hit. He helped us out in jock market. Baltimore righties were a nice boon in jock market. But I didn't have the guts to go against them. They, of course, won. Um, and the... Oh, no, I'm sorry. The, my, my, the Pittsburgh-Washington over is what spoiled the round, the parlay. It was the Pablo Lopez at five. They got crushed, of course. They had runners on early. Looked like they could take a lead. Didn't happen. St. Louis went up one early. I thought maybe we'd have a chance to tie it. Miami peed themselves with men on. And then St. Louis blew up Pablo Lopez, of course. Like, oh, figure, like I said, I scratched the Baltimore bet. They took care of business. We posted... 
Uh, Seagar, he did not take care of business than everyone else in the stack attack list did. It was just, it's been extremely frustrating. In particular, when you look at the success of the bottle, I mean, it's just like, it's enough to pull your hair out. And I think the lesson for me, as I limp into the second half, is I think maybe I'm trying to be too cute. And I've had this issue in the past, meaning... You have to understand a model is not a predictor. A model just gets you within the range of outcomes to try and put you in a strong probabilistic scenario. That being said, the model goes with great, right? If you follow the work, that's why I like to show all my work. I I, I don't want to hear it if we lose because it's out there. All the work's out there. So all, the best I could do is go by the strength of the model. I don't necessarily just go by the strongest one. You know, I don't pay attention to... Uh, decimal bips the same way I would tell you not to pay attention to a tenth of a percentage point in swing strike rate right we have to understand signal versus noise but I do have ranges and I I try and narrow it down to like you see because I don't you know be want to be the guy giving out a million plays but maybe in this environment maybe that's the answer and again not a million plays but meaning playing whatever the model says and if it's 12 it doesn't mean you risk more and last feather in the cap for today let's say you have $10 to bet every day if you have two bets, you bet five dollars bet. And if you have ten dollars, ten bets, you bet one dollar bet. And the idea being to expose yourself to as many of these advantageous scenarios where the percentages will work out. And I think that's what's hurt us is the model's been extremely strong, and we just keep getting caught in zigging and not zagging, and then being cute with parlays, hitting three or four, hitting three or four, hitting three or four, hitting three or four. Well, if you're parlaying all those, you're ending up with zero in the profit column, but you're having a 75% win rate, which those two things obviously are not congruent. And I did have a list follower yesterday say they made the switch to round robins, and they're very happy for it. Now, I'll tell you what, I may move the dime bag over to round robins. I was worried because I was worried about being too complicated because that's another part of my, you know, the downside of following me, I find sometimes. But maybe I'm just not giving people enough credit. Maybe I need to do that. Maybe I need to put out the most complicated, the most, not say the most difficult stuff, but the, the stuff that works, the stuff that I'd be doing. But I tend to dumb it down and it's it's not to demean anybody out there. It's just like we have to try and appeal to the new better that's being welcomed into betting we don't want them to get hurt and one of the ways these people get hurt is by over leveraging themselves so i don't know I, you know i don't know we're limping into the second half i believe in all the plays and i'm just gonna keep doing the things we do we can obviously just have it turn around one day and say Shit. and that's kind of what happens in fact my best betting season ever was after what you what was the worst betting stretch of my career before this right here though we the units are not that bad because i've just decelerated my risk i'm barely betting at all right now we're at a, a unit or less per night and that's just what it is so there you know what i mean like when things are bad i'm not gonna go chin first into max risk is stupid so all right you can see the bets up on the board everybody sometimes theory is more important than the actual plays especially when the plays are not going well so we got Miami and St. Louis, F5 over four and a half. I actually walked you through the first half of that. We told you why we like St. Louis against Miami, but Dakota Hudson has been no cup of tea. Yeah, the ERA at 372, but the whip at 135. His Sierra is north of five. The K rate at 13, the walk rate at 11. That's a 2% K minus walk rate for you math whizzes out there. That's not any good. The first strike rate down around 50. His chase rate down around 25. And zone contact rate up over 
93 is a plus 800 OPS to righties on the year. Miami looking really good. 277 batting average as a team. Last 250 plate appearances and a better than 90% in-zone contact rate. Better than 27% line driver. They're making really good contact plus 41% hard hit rate. So I think we have all of the calculus there where between the two of them, give me the F505. Hopefully, finally, we get one early. This one's going to be 3-2 in the first and it's going to be like, and hopefully that will be the, you know, tipping point for us to take the roller coaster ride down. And now on to Chicago White Sox. I have them on the money line. The model was just screaming again. DraftKings is down. A few offsite sites were down. It's very hard to find lines right now. But I did notice my model was screaming White Sox. And they were a heavy plus money. We mentioned Silthus and his struggles. Johnny Cueto's actually been pretty good. You know, I mean, I don't want to overstate Johnny Cueto. 319 whip, 115 OPS. All the earn run indicators looking pretty strong. Deserved. ERA really low down around three. And we know the strikeout stuff is not great, but he does use his timing to his advantage. And the LA offense really has just been struggling um, right now. There, it's It's been on base. They're getting on base because they're walking, but the contact stuff is really low. I know that WRC Plus is there, but again, I think a little bit of that is off because they are... I'm not trying to describe this. I think we're on the down wave of the sine wave. The Angels seem to be this very streaky team, right? They rattle off the 15 wins in a row, and then they went in the tank and all this stuff, and I'm just not buying the Angels offense right now. We'll see if Quato can fool them um, for this game. I think there'll be some scoring done, so I don't think we're going to get this one 3-1, but I do think White Sox plus 135 is a definite hit. I would have preferred to post this as an F5, but I couldn't find it, so if I can't find it and I can't bet it, I don't post it. And then, let's wrap it up with the over 1.5 total base props. Again, these were impossible to find. They're not up. So I could find Michael Chavis, and it was plus money, so there we go. Let's get it, although I do want to caveat this. If he's not in the top four, you can't play plus 105. That's another one. As we progress in this, the calculus and how we properly apply this, the numbers, I got to get in the top third and I'll move to four. But if he's in five, fifth spot or back, don't pay plus 105. We want plus 115, plus 120 or better to compensate for that missing plate appearance. Now granted, he could get it, but that's I don't like to look at it that way. We want to make sure all the numbers are always in our favor and then let the odds play out regardless of what the short-term outcomes have looked like. So please, before you go smash Michael Chavis, let's wait for a lineup. Let's wait for these props to come out. Follow me on Twitter and make sure to thank Patty Mayo because we're going to be doing implied team totals as always, starting pitcher rankings, the pitcher matrix, advanced pitcher stats, and all that stuff. It's really awesome. I run the algo score, and then you get uh, DraftKings stacks, with uh, jock market pricing and ratings and stuff like that as we progress through the day. Because, again, when now that we're really focusing on individual bets, the lineups are going to matter more and more. And until they come out, that plate appearance matters. Chavis batting second or Chavis batting eighth is a huge difference. DraftKings, less so because we want the plus, you know, we want to pay 2500 or whatever. So, again, head on a swivel. I'm sorry if it is convoluted a bit, but... Once you start to cut through the fog, 
you can't forget the clarity, right? You cannot, you 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 cannot unlearn what you have learned, young Padawan. So, all right, that'll do it before we get out of here. Once we're doing Star Wars stuff, that is absolutely just um, ridiculous. I think I actually backed up into my into my screen there. Sorry about that. I have OCD. I could not deal with that. So, live TV being what it is, and we're getting out of here. Just enough of that. Let's hit more of this. Hopefully, it includes some winning. So, thank you, everybody, for picking up what we're putting down. You got your stacks. We got some interesting fantasy starting pitcher names to mention. Oh, those are always really important to be first. It's very, very difficult right now. I'm trying to assign a roster spot on all of my teams to it's not so much stream, it's more churn, because these are not even guys I want to roll out. I want to add them, have them produce, and then use them. My son, obviously my kids are home from summer vacation, and my kids are crazy. So, all right, that'll do it. Thanks, everybody, so much. Rate, review, subscribe. Please download the Jock Market app. We'll catch up there today. Chavis, Madris, we're going to be going after Corbin and attacking all of these player stacks, especially below that $4 mark, okay? So double slate tonight. Don't forget, early slates, and then again at 8.05. I'll check you later. Enjoy the day. Enjoy the games. When we're done with the book, enjoy that pay, everybody. And remember, when you work this hard, it feels a lot less like lock your pay.